Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Standing By, an after-show special with our star-studded cast of The Bystanders, hosted by creators Jacqueline Hales, Heather Morris, and myself, Ash Lindsayan. I could not be happier to introduce you to our special guest today. Having worked in the business of film, television, and voiceover, Triple Threat, for decades, these two are as talented and professional as they come. I'm talking about the incomparable Karen Hui and Jim Lau. Enjoy. She said back in our days when someone threatened you, all your friends and neighbors stood up in defense. They came to your aid and help without question. There was never a chance of standing alone. She said Bunny never would have threatened any of us if she knew we were all backing each other. These days, people don't even know their neighbor's name. Yeah. Oh, she also said none of you have ever stopped by to say hi. And neither have we. Now look at us. Bunny is a pig. Oh, and Bunny is an asshole. There was a lot of good moments in there. Oh my gosh. There, it was so fun to do. Oh, so, so, so glad. Fun. We're so glad. That's, we really wanted people to be having a good time and like uh, feel like they would, they would want to do this again. And yeah. just like, just have fun. And yeah. we, we've, we've had just such a blast with this. Oh my gosh. I the cannot book. wait. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. I I can yes. almost guarantee you this is the wildest Asian character you've ever seen in any Hollywood products. Yes. This is the wildest. That. So just like Hop and Fan, your characters in the show, you two have actually known each other for for quite a few years, right? Decades. Decades. Almost almost forty years. Wow. I love that. <laughs> How did you meet? We want to know. I think I, my first recollection is Marco Polo. Yes, Marco we, Polo. We met. We met on. Um, we were looping Marco Polo, which was a mini series. And back then, this will never happen again. They had fifteen Cantonese speakers and fifteen Mandarin speakers. So that's when I met Jim. Yeah, it was a big production. Yeah. Yeah, and you both were Mandarin speakers. Cantonese. 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 Is that what you speak in? The- <laughs> In the show. Cantonese. Yes. Yeah. Cantonese. 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 Okay. Wow. Yeah. We were trying to have a discussion about it earlier, mm-hmm. whether it was Cantonese or Mandarin. And we didn't know where does Cantonese, like where are the regions that they come from? What's the difference between Mandarin and Cantonese? Cantonese is South. Okay. Yeah. And where Hong Kong is Cantonese. Okay. The, the Southern region is Cantonese. And uh, most people in the North, they speak Mandarin. It's also the, the official language. Uh, oh, yeah, but, but, but Karen and I both speak both. Yeah, so. Oh, well, thanks for oh. enlightening. But Cantonese is always more, more our preference. More fun. Cantonese more has fun? nine tones. Mandarin has four tones. Oh. So if you're a musician, you have more choices to play with tones. Oh. But so your brain is just five times the size of what ours is. Oh, nine, nine. nine. <laughs> no. You know the thing is, <laughs> is the only language that has all these tones. 
and you cannot say I love you in any tone. Whereas、oh. Mandarin, you can say I love you in any tone, just like in English, four tones. I love you. I love you. I love you. Would make sense, but in Cantonese, ah,、uh-uh. huh. a little bit off. You're you're totally in a different world.、Oh, yeah, wow. interesting. So, yeah. How many roles have you two played together, like side by side? Yeah. How many times、well, have you ran into each other on set? Yeah. <laughs> we've we've done a lot of looping together on、um, over the years. It's countless. Years. As, you know,、yeah. can't lost count. Hundreds、wow. and hundreds. Yeah. So, for those of us who who aren't in the entertainment industry, what does looping mean? Oh, so it's、um, creating a an audio a human lands、uh, audioscape for TV shows and movies. So, for instance, we fill in the voices for everyone other than the principal actors in a TV show because or a film because they only mic and boom the principal actors. So the people in the background, the actors in the background, are actually miming their conversations. So if I'm a principal and there are two people. Talking over here, and you can see their lips. We would fill in their lips. I love、oh, it. Wow. Yeah, because on,、like、they can't.、Almost. They can't open their mouths and speak. Otherwise, they get paid on set as background artists, and they're、oh, like, or they, they have a whole new side contract. Or, yeah,、right. production doesn't like that for、yeah. some reason. So we got lucky. We got paid. We got very. We got、lucky. paid. Good, good. You got the money for it. Do yeah, I feel like? Or go ahead. Oh, they're sad contracts. So there's no、mm-hmm. difference between. Appearing as a day player on camera or looping,、oh. and we get residuals also.、Oh, so、right. every time we do Law and Order, especially, <laughs> stop because it's been running、order? for twenty、oh, some odd、yeah. years. Yeah. So every time it airs, we get the bank just gets a, a percentage of that. Yeah. Well, it、oh. gets lower and lower. Like the first and second prime time runs are a hundred percent. So say like right now we get. Whatever it is, eleven hundred dollars for the day. Whether your day is two minutes or eight hours, yeah. yeah.、Mm-hmm. And then the first and second time it runs on prime time between the hours of eight and ten, you get a hundred percent. So you get another eleven hundred. I'm just saying, in terms of Law and Order, like if you guys are doing that show, you guys are making bank.、Mm-hmm. I just did. <laughs> I just did a Law and Order SVU where Stabler comes back. Yes. I, I did that. I did that episode, and I was like, I am thrilled. First of all, because I want to see、yes. when Stabler comes back, because I love that show. But I mean, in terms of how many times they're going to run that episode? Oh my god, it's、yes. going to be the biggest show on TV for a long time. Yes, that's awesome.、Yeah. I am so excited. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I feel like I have a memory of you guys. Of one of you saying you worked as husband and wife before. Yes.、No? Yeah, we have. What was that on? I'm trying. To, we've done it so many times. Like I'm trying to think now. Wait, have we done it? We've done it、Jim、on、knows. camera, haven't we, Jim? On, on what? I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't catch Play, that. Played husband and wife on camera, or have we just played husband and wife in looping endlessly? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're older, there's another advantage. Also, veterans, well, you you、yeah. guys have been around working in this industry for so long. We were. Looking at your IMDb credits and just like I mean, you've done so many cool projects. And do you have a preference, both of you, what you like to do? Do you like on camera? Do you like voiceover? Do you like looping because it's just you know its own thing? And- well, looping, you can wear your pajama to work. As, <laughs> well, then who doesn't you know, want that? Yeah, yeah. So there's advantage to that.、Yeah. And during the pandemic, you know, 
people with home studios, like I've had a home studio for 15 years. And so the people with home studios were the first ones called. Yeah. Oh, because so they there. wanted to continue working. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that was like, the first thing my voiceover agent asked mm-hmm. was like, what's your home studio set up? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So like last week I did four, four mm-hmm. VO jobs in three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wow. Just rich. <laughs> just rich. The moral of the story is just rich. There's <laughs> <laughs> a rich woman. <laughs> I'm very yeah. lucky. Very lucky. You were, you just got back from a new show you were just booked on. Congratulations. Country. Thank you. Is it called this the country. country? This country. This country. Um, oh my gosh. Congratulations. On Thank that. you. It's, well, it's an American remake of a BBC show called This Country um, that just started their third season. And it's with um, comedy pedigree, Paul Feig, who created Freaks and Geeks and directed oh. Bridesmaids. And Jenny Bix is our EP. She came from Sex and the City. Mm. So, I mean, it's like comedy gold. It's a half hour. Yeah. Yeah. Half hour mockumentary. And um, one of the things that I love, there's so many things I love about the show. It's fun. It's really, really fun. In fact, somebody was looping on it today. They keep sending me screenshots. They were like, oh my God, Taryn, I'm looping on your show today. You are so hilarious. Well, I love the show. So (laughs) it's always nice to get that. Um, but, uh, the, one of the stars of the show, Chelsea Holmes, who plays Kelly is 27 years old. She got discovered off the internet, off YouTube. Oh, oh. she did stand up. She would post her stand up comedy, which was basically like for birthday parties. I mean, I'm not even talking the comedy story. Oh, like I love birthday that. Parties I love that. Whatever. That's how all these Very TikTok cool. actors are, are getting their start. Absolutely. They're doing these bits on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. And they're now have HBO specials. Yeah. And this, this country was only her second audition. Wow. And she's the lead. Wow. And she's hilarious. She's so winning, just really winning. And she said, I would have just come for the free food. (laughs) Of course she did. Of course. Everybody just goes for the free food. Just like, this is, I've catering, catering. Catering. Yeah. One of my very first jobs (laughs) I ever did as a dancer, that was what the choreographer told us was the most important. He was like, the second you get on a set, you just take the food. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. Go to crafty Thank table you. and just bring your big purse. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm really excited. I did 11 out of 14 episodes. She's very rich. <laughs> She's very rich. <laughs> well, congratulations. That's yes. Thank so you, you both have been Thank in the business you. for quite some time. How did you guys get your start originally? Where did all of this begin? Well, look at that face, Jim. I'll let you take it away. No. Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, my, mine mine was, uh, I was teaching martial art at the stuntman association. And then I got to wow. know a lot of stuntmen. And then one, you know, they, and then they start saying, hey, Jim, you should try do this and you should try to do that. So one thing leads to another. And then I got myself an agent and here, we, here I am. Are you still He's doing modest? Yeah. Oh, no. I know, it sounds very That's one thing when you're older, you don't do stun. Trust me, I, I know. <laughs> Pass the torch. I can't move my body anymore. <laughs> Jim, is, Jim is modest. He is a martial arts master, kung fu master. No. Jim, that's incredible. That's really cool. That's, that's awesome. really cool. Well, when we do wow. the live oh. television version, we'll make yes. sure to include your martial arts expertise. Uh, <laughs> how really about cool. Karen? How did you start? 
I'm trying to remember. It's been so long. No, you, you know, started in New York, right? I started in New York. I didn't even, I mean, this is how long ago it was. Now it's common knowledge what acting is. I ran away from home when I was 15 and then, you know, met some other Ooh. kids. And when we went back home, one of the guys came to visit me and he said he was going to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts to study acting. And I said, what's that? And he was trying to explain, you know, but I was a 15 year old kid. I didn't quite understand, you know, because it was an abstraction. And um, so then he sort of put it in my head. So then when I got to college, I was looking for an acting class. I took the dramatic arts class. And then even though I was too shy to say anything, I loved it, privately loved it so much. It's hard to imagine, but I used to be really shy that I dropped out of college and then I went to HP Studios in New York to study for four years. I just loved being in class and working on scenes or whatever. And um, if you don't know Herbert Berghoff Studios in New York, it's it's a professional studio. So my teacher, actually, my acting teacher kicked me out. She said, you're not here to be a professional student. Get out and work. Good for her. Oh, wow. So then I booked like six shows in a row. And then I didn't go back until many years later just to take classes. Class. Yeah. I still like to take class. I do too. I, I do love too. it. Yeah. So that exercise, you know, exercise that muscle and just be be sharp with it. It's fun. And to play, you know, without um, without pressure of a job or anything else, you just you play. Yeah. And that's nice. Yeah. And, and also the acting style changes every couple of years, just like everything else. It changes yeah. Yeah. writing because I'm a writer as well. And writing styles change yeah. every couple of years without you realizing it. If you listen to voiceovers on commercials, mm-hmm. the voiceovers change. They went from the announcery type to you know, just a very casual girl very next relaxed. door sort of yeah. read. Yeah. Well, I used to wear Calvin Klein underwear. Now I wear boxer. So <laughs> that changes too. Times change. change. Yeah, what, what other changes have, there's so much, there's a lot of changes in the industry, even the limited time I've been here. I've been it, in it for just a decade now. And I feel like it's With kind of fun. media coming in, that's yeah. made a big difference. Yeah. How do you, yeah. What about social media with you two? Are you guys on social media and how do you, do you like it? I, I <laughs> do am you like on, it? I am on social media. The thing I'm fat, you know, and this is the writer side of me. Um, the thing I'm fascinated by are all the different perspectives, mm. you know, like I don't like to get into political arguments or whatever, but I do like reading different people's perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I read it and I'm like, how can anybody be against whatever, you know? And then I read and um, yeah, it's just fascinating how different people are. Understand each other a little bit better, you know? And yeah, you don't have to agree. You don't have to give your two cents all the time, but yeah, for understanding. I feel like we, um, especially now, there's a lot of misunderstandings. We've and- lost the art of listening. <laughs> yeah, yes. For a bit, sure. You know, and, yeah. just, and just hearing people out instead of our opinion. It's like, yeah, just try to understand maybe where someone's coming from. Yeah, yeah because it doesn't mean that you have to adopt that opinion. Right. No. But just to accept, like, I remember coming to this realization with my parents that um, my parents grew up with certain ideas. And if something in the world didn't fit into their definition of something, they would just turn the lens (laughs) away from that thing so that they could keep that 
definition intact. Yeah. And I decided that that wasn't how I wanted to live. So that if I saw something in the world that didn't fit my definition, I would expand my definition to include that thing. Yes. Wow. Is everybody listening? (laughs) Great advice. (laughs) Very well. It's a hard thing to do, but that's how it's necessary. It's how you grow. Yeah. And um, yeah. And acceptance. uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah. In, yeah. Well, it's just so <laughs> necessary for us to have have both like conservative and you know people who have just expansive minds because you know these conservative people keep us flighty brained people a little bit more grounded and vice versa. Like you know we challenge each other in such a good way, and I do love that aspect of it. But it's exactly to your point. It's so great to expand your vision to not just that tunnel, but really just like every avenue that could be possible so you can understand where somebody's coming from, whether you agree with it or not, but just understand it. And being okay with not being agreed with, you know? Yeah. 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 And everybody's going to, everybody's going to have a turn at being whatever it is. You know, it's, it's like, I hear older people, I was standing in line one time, this woman in front of me, it was like an older woman. She was looking and there was a, a young woman walking by with pink hair and, um, I I just saw her giving stink eye to that, you know, and she was just looking and and she passed my gaze and she said, oh my God, that's disgusting. And I said, come on, just once, wouldn't you like to dye your hair pink like that? And she's, oh, some wild color. And she goes, yeah, but not pink. I'd probably pick orange or whatever, but I got (laughs) her to admit, you know, she was passing judgment because she was an older person passing judgment on a younger person. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I got her to admit, and my friend was like, I can't believe you. You know, that's how that conversation went. Right. um, Coming from someone who used to be such a a quiet, shy person. Yes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, speaking, (laughs) speaking of um, doing things just once, um, I, I wanted to share with you where the inspiration for the nudist plot line came in. And, uh, it was actually several years ago, say five um I went to a nudist colony for a day just one day it was a friend talked me into it and and out of curiosity uh we went and I it was at first you know it's really nerve-wracking because you you're not allowed to stay if you're not gonna get naked (laughs) like (laughs) you can't just be clothed to just observe like you have to right to an extent participate um and by the, t- it only took like maybe, I don't know, maybe half an hour to an hour before you're just, you're just fully free. You're like walking, walking around and everyone is so accepting. It is like not passing judgment, not passing judgment, absolute yeah. acceptance. And that's what I got from it was that everybody there just had this preference and they were so sweet. Every that's what you you can't insult someone when you're naked. Like <laughs> when you're naked too, you know. And Vulnerable. we spent the day, and I'll never forget it because it was just it just left this impression of ultimate acceptance. Speaking of what we're coming out of, so I guess as a question, have you guys? Is there anything in your life that you choose as a, a way to let go and be free, or anything like that? Like a a thing. Like maybe it's reading maybe it's a, a book maybe it's getting naked maybe it's skydiving maybe right. it's <laughs> meditating Jim. Jim, i'll let oh I, i'm good at that <laughs> being free 
you know, freedom is a, is a state of mind. So it's a mind game. I'm pretty good with playing mind games with myself. So, you know, I developed this thing called letting go, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, especially us actors, you go audition. So I learned to forget about it and letting go. Mm-hmm. You know, if not, you cut yourself, you know, driving, still, you know, going back to the same line. You did, oh, I could have done better. So it drives you nuts. Mm-hmm. So I early on, I learned to just let go of things. So I'm pretty good at that. So to me, that's that's a, that's freedom. Yeah. You know, if you can Feel just any time something that gets you let go. So I'm, I'm good at that. So that's great. I love that advice. I need to get better at that sometimes. Sometimes like it's, 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 it's a mind game. Yeah. It is. It is. It's all within ourselves and we have the power to, to change that on the spot, to change it. And sometimes we forget yeah. that. And we're, it's just not worth it. You know, it's, it's not, not worth it. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Tattoo on my yeah. Shoulder. Yeah. So you got, you got to guard yourself. You know, yeah. we, we still have only 24 hours a day. Nothing has changed. Yeah. You know, we have more social media, you know, but we still only have 24 hours. That's what I tell my daughter all the time, you know. So just guard your 24 hours, you know. It's all about time and how you guard your mind, you know. So yeah. that's all. Like, love that. Would you ever go to a nudist colony for a day? Oh, send me that address. <laughs> oh, we got him. Awesome. <laughs> Karen, would you? I, I probably would. I mean, I, I came from a structured kind of um, upbringing. You know, I was the firstborn, so my parents were very protective of me. At the same time, I was very spoiled. But within the my family, yeah, I mean, there was perfectionism. There were there was right and wrong or whatever. And I felt like I had to break that in order to be free. So, like I said, I ran away from home twice. Mm-hmm. The second time I stayed away, I never went back home to live after that. Um, I got a divorce. <laughs> I dropped out of school. I felt like, I mean, I don't think I did it intentionally. I feel that whatever was in me was so strong, it couldn't be contained. Mm-hmm. So I had to, anytime anybody tried to clamp down on me, I would just break free however I did it. And um, yeah, and after doing all of those things, they sort of gave up and said, oh, whatever. <laughs> it's funny how that works. <laughs> yes. And then I was free. I was free to do. And, and even now, sometimes with friends who are very judgmental or perfectionistic or whatever, I have to step back yeah. away from them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't judge them. Think- but at the same time, I feel like I have a vice tightening on my head mm-hmm. when I'm around them. I want to say what collectively makes everybody in LA feel like we're together in some sense is that we all have that same drive. It's like we all left our hometown for some certain reason, whether it's maybe some people think they're better than everybody else. But a lot of times I look at the people around me in LA and I think, wow, we're all out here because we just didn't fit in or feel like that place was the right place for us. Wanted something different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're after something. I think that does make LA special. Yeah. It's yeah. Kind beautiful. of like a, a common, like, yeah coming into the city for whatever you want to do. Um, yeah. And from far away, a lot of times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Where were you two born? Just curious. Uh, Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. I was born in New York city, lower mm-hmm. East side. Nice. Jim, when did you come to the States? Uh, oh boy. Uh, almost half a century ago. Nice. Yeah. I came when I was in my late teens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you come with your family or just you? My Yeah. My family actually came first. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to come, but uh, 
So because if you're beyond the like when you pass 21, yeah. you will be considered an adult and then it's harder to get the quota. So my parents say, you got to come first. First, I, I thought I was going to come and go back because I didn't want to leave Hong Kong. I was doing very well. You know, so I was young. I was pretty cool, you know, good looking, you know, <laughs> so, but you know, here I am, you know, away from my yeah. cool place. <laughs> <laughs> We're so grateful you came. Seriously. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I mean, honestly, you two were one of those actors that the second we heard both of your audition tapes, we're like, yeah. yep, that's it. That's yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and to tell the story, um, we got Karen's audition tape and we were still looking for the role of Hop that Jim plays. And Karen said, I have a friend. We'd be good for it. And then we get Jim's audition and we we're like, Yes, this is this on. Is done. Okay. Done. Oh. done. Done. I love yeah. you, Karen. Thank you. Thank you. What I mean, you guys, who else was like, what did you guys think of those characters when you got them? <laughs> yeah. Loved them. Yeah. So I always so feel odd. comfortable working with Karen because she she has this uh, very odd sense of humor. <laughs> Only I think I know. That's why I always I know I can always know where she's coming from. So I, when you feel comfortable, you just let it, let it, let it go. And that's, that's the magic. It shows in the back and forth that you guys have in the bystanders. Um, We had a lot of really fun takes to choose from, but you guys had really good back and forth moments and um, just good instincts with each other. And that it really just, yeah. And, and like you said, these two characters hop and fan, they're just like, I just love them so much, but I love them together as a unit and just yeah. they're, um, they're older couple, but they, they just have this young freeing aspect to them that we really wanted to play with. And, and they're just, they're right. so young and alive and just doing their thing. And yeah, you guys, you guys just nailed it. We love it. Like I said, you know, thank you so much for creating. Yeah. Thank you. That was, uh, that was yeah. such a great, uh, great character to play. We had a lot of fun and thank you. Yeah. So flipping the switch here a little bit, it seems like the neighbors in the show are getting very neighborly at this point. What we just listened to, you guys played drunk, naked twister um, for the suggestion of you guys. Yes. because you And you guys ended up hiring a killer together. Do you guys have like any interesting or weird neighbor stories, maybe coming to LA for the first time or there are some pretty crazy people that live in LA or New York, if you will. Anywhere from childhood, or maybe you were the weird neighbor. <laughs> you were the weird one. Mm-hmm. Can you remember any, uh, Karen? Uh, I have a little uh, pretty weird. Uh, oh, go ahead. That, oh, yeah, that's a little while ago. Not where I'm living. About twenty some years ago, I used to. Uh, I'm pretty friendly to everybody, but uh, when I moved into this house, my neighbor were they were not friendly, and mm-hmm. took a while. Then they became to oh, okay. This guy is pretty cool. And then they start accepting me, inviting me to their house. Little by little, then I realized, okay, these were white supremacists. And uh, I'm their they're only non-white friends. And then they start showing me their secrets. And they were Nazi memorabilia collectors. So it's a pretty weird to me. How did you they know? tell you that they were white supremacists? Like how but you can tell you? the way they talk. Well, they didn't like black. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so wow. seems like I reminded them that, you know, somehow, I don't know, that they like me somehow then. And then we become really friendly. They forgot about I'm not white. They start talking to me. I'm one of them. 
and then wow. start showing me their guns and their all the and they start talking nonsense. Yeah. But that's why I kind of know a little bit about you know their psychology. I wonder yeah. if you influenced them for the better through that friendship, just by you know reminding but, them. That. But but you know they're pretty deep. You know they're, they're they, they don't even know what sure. they're doing. Yeah, Genuinely they're they're. Sad. Yeah, I think their 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 parents, great parent grandparents, were from Germany. They were actually Nazis. They were the offspring. So it's a little bit oh, strange. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, yeah. So I I, you, I get okay. that. How did you break yeah. off the relationship? Oh, I moved. But, okay. You know, you know <laughs> yeah. so no, I didn't break the relationship. But they they still they miss me a lot. In fact, I ran into one of the guys. Uh, and he goes, oh man, Jim, you know, I miss you. Blah blah blah. But but you can yeah. see once you know them, they they're not bad. It's no, just yeah. something in their head, you know. Right. But they yeah. still don't remember. So they right. still don't get it. I'm not white, but you know, so. Yeah. It is a very weird thing because yeah, it is weird. They, they think they think of Asians and Asian Americans as being white adjacent, and so mm-hmm. it's it's almost like we're the safe BIPOC people. You know, I, I had someone say to me, this is an, an actor who who said to me, white woman, and she said to me, you know, Karen, it's really pissing me off that I'm losing roles to minorities. Oh, and I, I was so nonplussed, I, I couldn't yeah. respond, you know, and I realized just like Jim, she didn't think of me as being Asian. And therefore she was able to say that. Did you feel like a bystander in that moment? Like, did you know how to respond? I, I did. I, I didn't. She's somebody who hires me. Actually, Jim knows her too. And I won't say who it is, but yeah, you know, and therefore I couldn't really say anything because oh, in a, those I moments, think I know. what a position to be mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very, uh, and she said, well, I could see opening up one or two roles to diversity, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I, I, it was just the two of us and I didn't know what to say, but to Jim's point, so many times people think we're just white adjacent and, you know, or we're invisible until now. I mean, now we're being assaulted for bringing the coronavirus and being the model minority. It's like, well, you guys have money, you have better jobs and whatever. And it's like, oh, because whenever there's a discussion about race, it's between blacks and whites. Right. Mm -hmm. And Asians are left out. We're invisible. And now we're suddenly visible and blamed. So it's a very weird, profound, horrible Thing. Horrible yeah, situation that the Trump administration sadly brought brought on because of a few mo- words that he probably didn't think was going to get so bad. He probably didn't. Oh, I think, think it was intentional. I think, I think so it was too. intentional. Well, I mean, I I just feel that 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 side and political, yeah, but <laughs> but that they they basically just want the country to be white, and so if you can turn minorities against other minorities, then it's doing it's fulfilling that agenda, right? right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sadly, but it's grateful not what we're that we're founded on yes. here. So no, <laughs> we're just <laughs> no. I mean, it's good. There's a, a a spotlight addressing it, though, and it's not just staying dormant as mm-hmm. this problem that no one's talking about. Yeah. So. Well, can I ask you, as somebody who's an ally, for me personally, I just don't know like how to help other than reposting and sharing. But even doing that, I feel so. So much like a bystander. I I feel so much like a bystander. And I wonder like how much more can, how much more can we get involved? 
in well, these I think in- inclusivity is is part of it in whatever you do. I mean, like this, these roles that you created in this project, that's part of the solution. Mm-hmm. It's creating these characters as interesting, profound, funny characters mm-hmm. who happen to be Asian. Right. You know, yeah. and and I think that that's part of the solution is is inclusivity. So wherever we can, like the show that I I just did, this country, I love the show because there are two African-Americans. One is non-binary, gender non-binary. And then there's a Latina, there's me, there's a blind guy, there's a deaf person, there's young people, old people, just all different kinds of people. We had a director from Mexico for one of the blocks. So it's like every time I go to work, there's more to love and nobody is playing an ethnicity. Mm. Yes. We're all just playing characters in that town, just a character in that town. And that's, yeah. And it was like, I know I'm in North Carolina, but this is the world that I live in. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah. Um, even though profoundly it was in North Carolina, and then I have my stereotypes about being in the South. You know, yeah. I was worried. Yeah. You know, I sure. just, I just thought, oh my gosh, am I going to be shot in the head or <laughs> die? I don't want to die before I finish this great opportunity to work on this show. I don't show. get to make my debut. <laughs> yeah. The fact that we still have the, you know, we, you have that fear because of you know what's going on is like it's, it's just. to say the least it's just like it is I mean the fact that I'm from New York and I feel like during this time it feels like growing up in New York in the 70s where you just had to scan as soon as you go out you're scanning you know just to make sure that you're okay if it's late at night you're scanning when you walk by doorways you're looking you know always always scanning and it feels like that now for me Hmm. wow that's crazy well on that note (laughs) (laughs) did you have other questions that we didn't oh the bystander question can i answer the bystander question yeah have i ever been a bystander question and jim knows this that i used to hang out with a gang when i was young (laughs) um in my teen years and and i had a boyfriend who called me and said come downstairs i went downstairs and there were gang guys you know, we're hanging around. My boyfriend handed me a grocery bag, like a paper bag. And he said, here, you carry this. And I, so I'm holding it. And then he goes upstairs to the first landing. And all of a sudden I hear a gun go off. And then he comes back down and he was like, okay, let's go. We're walking. Jim, Jim knows where I lived. Um, we're walking up Bayard street and F in every doorway on both sides of the street, another one or two guys, gang guys came out and we kept moving up the street. So by the time we got under the bridge, um, I think it was under Manhattan Bridge, uh, under Brooklyn Bridge, there were like 50 guys in this gang. And I didn't know what was in the bag that I was carrying. I was the only girl. So I'm walking, walking, and all of a sudden they stop. And then they're talking amongst themselves and nobody was talking to me. So I just sat down by the tree with the bag I don't know what I was waiting for, but anyway, I was just sitting there. And then all of a sudden they all come over and they pull guns out of the bag. I was carrying a grocery bag filled with guns. So they all, you know, they're checking or whatever. And then, and then they're waiting. And then all of a sudden these two guys start walking. And then my boyfriend holding a 45 in his hand steps up and points the gun at the guy's face and he pulls the trigger. 
and there was a click. And then he looked and then those two guys took off. And then his you know, friends were like, what the hell? Man? So when he had fired off that round in the stairway, he put the safety catch on so that oh. when he took the gun out, the safety lock was on. And that's right. why it, it went click and nothing happened. But I could have been sitting at that tree watching somebody get murdered. Wow. But I was such oh a... Oh my God, Karen, were you <laughs> nervous? Like down that pathway with, with those guys coming out of the doorways? Like, did you get nervous no. at that point or did you have no clue? I had no clue because I knew them all. Yeah. I was like, hey, there's so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. Right. And we're walking, walking. And, you know, and the, the group is growing larger and larger as we approach under the bridge. But that's how, you know, when you're young, you just don't have a pre... I didn't anyway. Even though I knew they were a gang, I knew they did bad things, but yeah. not anything I really saw. Right. That much. Yeah, right you were on the, the more personal level level with with these gang members that are like yes. people. Yeah. So yeah. So right. having that insight as well. Yeah. Wow. But I would have been a bystander to a murder. Yeah. If that wow. gun I wonder, off. I wonder like in another world, if that gun went off, like what, yeah. you know, what happens that moment? Cause we don't, we don't know how we're going to, how we're going to be in those type of heightened moments and stuff. And, right. and part of the, you know, the, the story behind the bystanders is yeah. When there's a moment where you need to help or, or be of service, we don't know what we're going to do, but here, you know, hopefully we'll do something or hopefully it, it's, Every every case is different too, where we should intervene and not in safety. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to tell. But and you know, when we were working on your um, radio drama comedy, it was a, a comedy. But now, months and months later, it's so relevant because yeah. of that woman, that Asian woman who was walking down Forty Third oh Street, gosh, and then she horrific. got knocked out by this guy, and the you know two security guards inside Just the closed hotel the door. closed the door. And again, it made me immediately think of this. It's the same thing. It is. We've actually, we've been talking about that, that we're seeing it pop up everywhere. And we're like, this is crazy. We need to get this thing made. Right. We need need this out there. Watching people being able to videotape a circumstance without intervening, it just sends chills up my spine and not in a good way. I just can't imagine what's going through their mind. I know that they're thinking, I want to be safe, but also at the same token, like, how can you watch somebody basically get beaten to death? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But in New York, it's such an upfront and personal existence, mm-hmm. especially in the subway when people are literally right next to your shoulder. Yeah. You don't know if they're armed. You don't know if they're crazy. Mm-hmm. You don't know if they just got out of prison. I mean, that guy who beat up that woman got out of prison from murdering, stabbing his mother to death. And then I said, oh, okay, now I get it. I mean, somebody who stabs their mother to death is capable of anything, you know, mm-hmm. but, why, but in New York, it's a much it. more, you know, upfront and personal existence yeah. and mm-hmm. you just don't know. You don't know. Oh, gotta be better to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jim, what about you? Yeah. Any bystander moments? Well, you know, just, you know, just what, what's been happening, you know, I, I think we're all bystanders, you know, in a sad mm-hmm. way, you know, yeah. that there's, but I, I had this little fantasy. I just hope, you know, why, why don't they jump on me? I still can kick ass. I'm old. <laughs> yeah. you know, but I, I'm like hoping, why don't you just come and get me? Come on. You know, so <laughs> I would love that opportunity. But that's oh a little gosh. secret fantasy, you know, so. <laughs> I get that. I have a secret fantasy to witness that. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I don't want you to get hurt. I want to see you kick some ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just like that woman, that grandma in San Francisco. Yeah, who like... <laughs> yeah, she was beating oh. the guy back. He was on the stretcher and she was still going <laughs> after him. They had to hold her back. I was like, yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. She actually looked like my mom, you know, so really? my mom would... But yeah, my oh oh yeah, and my mom would have done this exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. so I I kind of inherit some of those spirits. So yeah, good good. We need people like that too. Well, we yeah stand up for mm-hmm. yeah instead of yeah going to the wayside, get that fire in you to do something about it. But wow, yeah. Well, we think. But I think we all we all have this being in this industry. Also, you have to have yeah you know yeah yes, that's very true. Yeah. Fire and responsibility too. Mm. Yes. Yeah. 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 You guys, this has been amazing. Yeah. Thank Thank you you for joining us. So open and talking with us. Thank you so much. We're looking forward to this. Love your characters. And we think you two are just so great. Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't miss next week's episode where we chat with the creators and special guests, Matt Madsen. And be sure to tune in Tuesday, July 13th for the finale of The Bystanders. Bonnie's on to them. Is it time to fess up? Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.